Hi, and welcome back to HFC. This week, uh, as part of the series on identity, we're focusing on being part of the body of Christ. When it comes to being part of the body of Christ, there are two aspects that I feel like were really just shining for me as I was, you know, taking notes and just exploring the verses that God had um, shared with me. One aspect is you are part of the body of Christ, meaning you are never alone. Just like the cells in the body, we work together. We are with each other. We uplift each other. We love each other. We guide each other. We share with each other. We hold each other accountable. And and some days it's going to mean that we're, you know, being all joyful. And other times it's going to be sharing maybe that really difficult piece of advice to share with someone that God had a verse for you to share with them. And it's not necessarily like, don't worry, God God is here with you and you have peace. It might be something like, saying that God sees what they're doing and that they need to change their ways. There are times where you're going to be encouraging and, oh, God says that he loves you or something like that. And there are going to be times where you say, God says to repent, and that's going to be uncomfortable. Um, The other aspect, which is kind of what I was going into when I was saying the encouraging and then also sharing times when they need to repent, the first aspect was, being connected and being part of the body of Christ. The second aspect is the fact that as part of the body of Christ, we have a responsibility and a duty, not only to each other, but to God. So the main focus first that we're going to look at for this is Romans 12, 5. It says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We are together. We are united. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and no part is greater than any other. There is no separation that should be amongst us. We should be together and loving and having mutual affection for each other. The next verse that I want to look at, and it's just really more honing in on, again, that wholeness, the importance of everybody, is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21 through 23. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And so again, focusing in on the the fact that we're all here. There's no part more important than another. There is no part less honorable or no part that, I don't know, is like an appendix where you remove it and you're still fine. Every part is necessary in the body of Christ. It's not like the fleshly body. Every part is necessary. Every part is necessary to do their job. And oddly enough, um, I've kind of talked about um, the, uh, I guess, implications. Not not implications. I've kind of talked about the weird, like, way that God does things, and and the weird connections, and the weird timing of this whole series in the first place. We were talking about on Christmas, we were talking about freedom and New Year's, we were talking about being made new and maybe someone had something to connect with the treasure week and someone else had something to connect with the heirs week. But this week, um, on Sunday, I actually hurt my my like leg, my ankle, I guess. And I totally didn't think it was that bad. It hurt when it initially happened and it was okay right after. And then it started throbbing and hurting. And then it's like, it's not even like necessarily that bad. 
It's not like my 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 leg is completely unusable. It's just a minor irritation. It's just not doing its entire job. It's doing halfway. I can use it. I can walk around. It's just a little bit painful. It's you know not fully supporting my left leg. And um, so today I had work, and I didn't think it would bother me that much. Um, but as the day went on, it was like over and over and over again it started to hurt and i had to walk around and and because i have to go like check their work and it was a testing day so testing days are usually easier because i'm not usually have to move around that much i can choose a spot and just monitor them their um computers but it's like um after the test even though i didn't do nearly as much walking as i'm walking around like my legs are killing or not my legs but my leg is killing me and i'm like i need to sit down and and so you wouldn't think necessarily that my foot or my ankle would impede my ability to teach. And yet there it was affecting my ability to teach, my ability to move around and assist my students like I normally would. And then not only that, but I was exhausted because I kept like using the other parts of my body to kind of compensate. And mentally I'm just exhausted because I couldn't sleep right last night because it was hurting. Um, and it's not like it was hurting a lot, but it was hurting enough, just just enough to kind of keep me up. Just like today, it wasn't being completely useless. I'm, I didn't lose a leg and I'm not, you know, completely unable to use my right leg at all. But it's just enough that my other body parts are having to compensate and I'm, I found myself exhausted today. I didn't, I was so tired this morning, so tired because I couldn't sleep. And then... I, I, towards the end of the day, I was almost like not moving at all. I was just, <laughs> I was trying to get work done, but it was, it was bearing on my mind because I was tired and it was bearing on my physical capability to walk around and help my students. And, and my point is, I did not think that my ankle would bother me enough to the point of making me tired and affecting my ability to walk around. I didn't realize how much I walked around and how often I would kind of go to their table and just help them and assist them at their table or even just standing up and working at the at the whiteboard it was it was i was basically just rolling around in my rolly chair as i could but even that requires two legs it was it was difficult and and was today one of my greater days of teaching no it definitely wasn't did i still manage to teach yeah it just wasn't as nearly as easy and and my point is, that's kind of what happens in the body of Christ when we have people who are lacking on their job, when they think, oh, well, you know, I just have to come to church, that's it. This is where it comes down to that second aspect of we all have a responsibility and a duty in the body of Christ. We all have something to do. And sure, I get it, some days you're not working, but can you imagine if my ankle was bothering me every day? the implications for my my job like walking around and getting around and teaching and i'm sure there are people like that who who have disability and and aren't able to work and they're just not able to do anything because their body isn't supporting them the way that they'd like and in that same way when we are the body of christ and you don't realize it or people don't realize it and they're not doing the their job or supporting as they should be not only is it making it more difficult for the other parts of the body but in some ways, they're not only not helping, but there could be a job that they're not doing. 
like, let's say it was a hand instead of a foot, I wouldn't be able to write on the whiteboard. Let's say it wasn't, it was my eyes instead of my ankle, I wouldn't be able to read. My point is, I don't know what part of the body of Christ you are. And all I know is that the Bible says that each and every one of us has a purpose. And when we, and when we slack on our purpose and when we're lax about doing our job and whatever God has called us to do, we're affecting the capability of the body of Christ. We're affecting the capability of us moving and, and doing and healing and working. And one of the things I've always felt is people are always saying, why is the world so bad? Uh, a book I read revealed something about that beyond, well, about who has authority in the world. But um, even if beyond that, it's just a matter of there is so much bad in the world because a lot of people, and and if you are doing, I'm not even judging you. This is no judgment. This is just a truth in the matter of fact that a lot of Christians, including myself sometimes, or, or including myself, I'm not going to say sometimes, I'm just going to say including myself, because there are things that God has called me to, and I've been like, oh, I don't really want to do that. But we are shirking our job. We are shirking our responsibilities and duties. And, and that was kind of my point when I first started this. There there are all aspects to the being in the identity that Christ has given you. Yes, there's benefits and there's there's a rewards. Oh, I'm an heir. I'm I'm made new and and ooh, I'm free. There's also responsibilities and duties. One thing I love to share is I like to imagine that every person is is me. And I know how complex my own path with God was. How, I don't know what to call it, maybe fragile? Because I, I wonder if, if maybe one thing had been off, if I wouldn't have found myself to be open to having a relationship with God, if I wouldn't have found myself willing to listen to God in my darkest moments, if I wouldn't have found myself even capable of hearing God in my darkest moments. Because I remember the frustration of sitting there and thinking that, you know, it was over. I'd done everything. I'd tried everything. And I just wonder, what if instead of when it all went quiet and my thoughts were gravitating towards drastic measures that in the quiet God hadn't spoken because I didn't know him and I hadn't heard him because nobody had reached out to me. Nobody had loved me. Nobody had prayed for me as they had been called to do because they were part of the body of Christ. Would I be here today? And the same thing goes not only for me, but I, I, I'd like to think of it as, there's a verse in the Bible. I don't know it off the top of my head. It happens a lot. But there's a verse where Jesus talks about um, how, I don't even necessarily know how it goes, but it's like someone goes up to heaven and, and they're talking and say, well, Jesus, when when were you, you hungry? When were you thirsty? And Jesus says, I was that person who came to you for food. I was that person who came to you for water. I was that person who came to you for um." for love and clothing and food. My point is, I know that Jesus has done so much for me. And I do picture people as him sometimes as well. But sometimes I take that that verse and I imagine it as if it were my 
my niece or my nephew, or if it was my mother or my father. And I'd like to think, what if that person, it was my mother? What if that person was my father? What if there's someone that I'm meant to save and it's my niece or my nephew? And as I begin to think like that, it, it, it just starts to click and it's like, but that is somebody's mother, that is somebody's father, that is somebody's niece or nephew, that is somebody's everything, that is one person's everything. If not someone on earth, then at the very least, Jesus is everything. That is the person that Jesus gave up everything for. What if I'm not prepared to save that person's niece or nephew? What if there's someone out there meant to save my niece or nephew, my mother or father, and they're not prepared? What if they're not doing their job in the body of Christ? So at the very least, if there is someone out there not doing their job, then maybe it's up to me because I've had this revelation. Maybe it's up to you because you're being told this revelation to pick up the slack. And I know that sounds horrible, and I know that sounds stressful and tiring because believe me when I say I've been working, I think I'm home for like three hours, maybe four hours, and then I'm sleep. And then next day I'm I'm waking up to go to work again. And on days like this where I do the podcast, at first I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore because it was such a, a demand on my time. And, and, and lately I feel God telling me like, you need to get more involved. And I'm like, more involved with what? I feel like I'm barely home. I barely have time to myself as it is. And yet when I find myself listening, I find myself and I find my time going further and further as if I have more time than I initially thought. And the thing is, it's, it's, it's having that mindset of thinking, what if that person was me and I was Jesus and I just decided straight up, I wasn't going to do my job. I wasn't going to, you know, give up my life for some, some nobody, some person I don't even know. What if that person was my mother and I'm another member of the body of Christ and I don't notice because I'm not staying up to task. I'm not doing my job. I'm not staying in God's word. I never want to be lacking that if someone comes across my my path that God had prepared me to speak to, that I'm unable to speak to them because I was lacking, because I wasn't doing my job, because I wasn't doing my job as part of the body of Christ. And so, yes, there is the aspect of we're a part of the body of Christ, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, and we're there to love and uplift and care for each other. But there's also the responsibility and the duty that you are part of the body of Christ. You cannot let the rest of the body down. You need to be doing your your quote-unquote job of 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 getting to know God and building a relationship and knowing His verse in His Word inside and out, and and keeping it in your heart so that you don't sin and sharing it with people and going out and loving on people and listening to God when he says that he has a role for you or a job for you or a task for you. Because that's the beauty of it. We we are all different parts of the body of Christ and there are different roles and different jobs for other people. I don't necessarily need the same preparation that you do and you don't necessarily need the same preparation I do. If not, we'd all be doing podcasts and we'd all be writing songs and and taking notes on Bible plans and and going to church early on Sundays and, and, and maybe for... I'd be going to church on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, or like you, I don't know what your life is like. But the point is, we're all different parts of the body of Christ. No one should look at another person and say, well, he doesn't read his Bible, so I'm not going to read my Bible because he's um, 
part of the body of Christ. And you know, we should all do the same things. No, we're all different parts of the body. We all have different roles and different tasks. And just like any role or task or job, it all requires different preparation. Maybe for his job, he needs to praise and and pray. And and for your job, you need to know your word back, uh, backwards and forwards and, and, and know it like the backside of your hand. And be able to call a verse in the blink of an eye. But maybe I'm not prepared to do that. Maybe I only know where verses by reading my Bible and and looking over it carefully. Maybe for some of us, words and revelations are made instantly. And for others, they have to think upon it for weeks before God reveals to them what it is. There are different jobs that each and of each and every one of us has. And if we're not fulfilling them, then that body is lacking, just like my ankle. Sure, you don't think it does much. It's only bothering you a little bit, but eventually it begins to impede on what the body of Christ can do. I like to think of it as um, like an idea of, of, I guess, interest, I guess, money. You think of putting in $100 and, and you're putting it into some maybe savings or investment account and you're putting it there. And sure, it doesn't look like a lot if you don't put the dollar, but eventually the dollar builds up right? Because you, you only get interest on what's in there. So you don't put the dollar in. So it's only $99. It's only a dollar the first year. Maybe it's only $2 the second year. But over time, and, and it wouldn't even necessarily be years. But this is a this is a plan that's been taking place for 2,000 years. If one person shirked their ability, or sorry, their job 2,000 years ago, meaning they shirked their duty, didn't te- didn't teach their their family the ways of God. Then that family had kids and didn't teach their their family the ways of God. And then those children had kids and didn't te- teach their families the ways of God. And then those children had kids and didn't teach their. And then eventually you have a a loss of of in the body of Christ of generations and and families spanning maybe 30 40 50 60 families and it doesn't seem like a lot at first but over time it begins to build the, the you begin to limit it because of that one small thing that you didn't think was that big but god I do everything else and that's how I feel myself talking right now so it's not just you <sighs> on that note I kind of want to talk about a verse that I actually ran into yesterday. And yesterday I've been, as part of another Bible plan I've been reading, it was talking about the importance of action and stuff. And and one thing that was revealed to you, or revealed to me, maybe it's also meant for you as well. Um, I'll talk about it after. Let me show the verse first. The verse is Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 11. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and elective. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The only thing I read wrong was it wasn't elective, it was election. 
But I really love the part that said, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. It was like an answer to something that I've been praying about with God. It's like, God, I feel like I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible, yet I keep feeling myself being tempted and I keep having, they're not huge stumbles. They're not stumbles like they used to be, but they're still stumbles and I'm, I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, what, what am I doing wrong? And God shared this verse with me. Coincidentally, it wasn't like I was looking for it because I literally kept saying, I don't get why I keep stumbling. And so as we find ourselves being part of the body of Christ and doing what God has called us to, and we're doing all these things, we've and we're doing, as this, as this is saying, making every effort to confirm your calling and election, we find ourselves stumbling less and less. So not only is it, you know, a responsibility, but yet again, another benefit as we find ourselves being part of the body of Christ and, and doing as we've been called to do and get putting forth every effort, even in the face of frustration or exhaustion, is still benefiting us. It is it is leading to a point of our a point in our life where we will never stumble, where we will never or we won't fall weak because we're listening to what God has called us to and we're staying in his presence. We're not limiting him by saying, oh, I'm not going to do that because I'm too tired, I'm too exhausted, I'm too worried. We're not limiting the body of Christ. So we're covering ourselves, but it's also, we're not limiting the body of Christ. So we're reaching people and and those people are being part of our community and they're speaking life and they're praying for us. I mean, the more we build the body of Christ, the more we have prayer. The more prayer we have, the less you know, attacks that, that they can send after us because we're praying together. We're we're building our army. We're getting stronger. We're being together. And in that togetherness, we have strength because we are together with God. We are moving in the body of Christ. It's just affecting and, and touching and, and healing and moving. And it's just, I don't know. I found it to be pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't want to get off too, too off topic. But anyway, the other aspect uh, for aspect one, I know I kind of went a lot of aspect two about our responsibility and duty. But aspect one, which is, you know, you are part of the body of Christ. It, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 through 26, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I feel like this paints a really awesome picture and a really good understanding of what the body of Christ should look like. We are to love one another, not envy or gossip about each other, uplift and uphold each other. Hold each other accountable, not judge one another. Pray for each other, not condemn. Realize when one hurts, so do we all. We must watch after each other as if it is us. After all, we are all the body of Christ. One body, every part equally important. If anything, I just really hope you understand that, yes, there is beauty in the fact that we are part of the body of Christ. We are not alone. But there's also a responsibility and a duty. We have to do our job so that we don't overexhaust some parts of the body covering for another part, that we can do the full potential or meet the full potential that God has for us, touch and reach in, in all these different ways and, and do our job to the best of our of the body's ability because we won't be hindering it because of a weak leg or a weak arm or a weak eye. Anyways, as always, let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, Thank you for inviting me to be part of the body of Christ. Thank you for sending your Son, so that in your eyes we would be equally as loved. I ask that you open my eyes to the role that you have and desire for me. 
I also pray that you give me the strength to actively push towards these roles you have for me and help me be aware of how to prepare for them. I also pray that you open my eyes to how I might serve or help others. Help me to love them as myself and to never let bitterness over differing gifts or blessings or roles steal the joy and peace you have for me. Lastly, I pray that you continue to grow my faith so I can act boldly in the identity and purpose you have for me, trusting that it is in fact you who is guiding my thoughts and actions. Lord, lead me from temptation. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of HFC. I really hope you enjoyed it. And just remember that we all have a role to play. Make sure that you're playing yours. I just ask that we all pray both for each other and, you know, for yourselves. That God reveal to you what your plan in his body is, in, in the body of Christ. What your role is, whether you're meant to, to lead people or you're meant to just love on them, care for them or give. Check out the details of this episode for more cool things. Anyway, have a great week. Thanks for listening. Bye.